This series, brought to you by Westmeath County Libraries, is also funded by Creative Ireland. Hello and welcome to In Conversation, a series exploring creativity. I'm Nola Farrell and today I'm in conversation with Lorraine Murphy, author. Our In Conversation piece today on the subject of creativity is with Lorraine Murphy, author. How are you, Lorraine? I'm great, Nolan. How are you doing? Very, very well. Thank you. And thank you for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure. Subject is creativity. It's a broad subject. Um, and I think there wouldn't be a better place to start on this broad subject than to find out about Lorraine Murphy and her journey to get thus far. Um, where did your creativity journey begin, Lorraine? That's a great question. If you, I have a different answer depending on what day you ask me. It's a million, a million piece jigsaw. Give me the one day <laughs> answer. <laughs> um, from when I was really small, uh, well, I was, I was reading before I went to school, and that my sister's a year older than me, and I just picked up re- reading from watching her. So, I, I always loved books when I was younger. But I wouldn't have been a bookworm. I would have been as happy outside playing with my friends as inside reading a book. So say I was a very balanced reader. But we were in a variety group called Sister Veronica's. I was I grew up in the inner city of Dublin and she took us everywhere. She brought us all around Dublin. We were always in competitions and I just loved the the energy that gave me. And I, I suppose I would have started doing a little bit of directing plays when I was in transition year and I always loved doing essays so when uh, at weekends when the teacher would say now you have to do this essay and everybody go oh I thought okay we're playing that game are we where we don't like getting it (laughs) because I just loved doing them I wasn't I wouldn't say I was a great English student um I was definitely not with the curriculum I would have been about a C at honours I think I came out with in my leaving cert and um, I would have been stronger mathematically um, academically wise and I went to study um, English and religion in matter day and <coughs> that didn't suit me at all because I couldn't question <laughs> so I went on to become a computer scientist but I was always messing always messing with with um, writing little poems little ditties taking part in like the drama club and all of that so um, I've had a million do- jobs but getting to here being a writer has probably been a million different steps, all at different times. Yeah. Which began, was Sister Veronica um, secondary school or was she primary Primary. primary. I mean, we, I would have been six when I was started with her. And was she, was she, do you think she and what she allowed you to do and explore was the catalyst that set that creative spark off which would she have been I, uh, probably i mean like home I, did it come yeah from home like there's our home and it still is like my folks there was always they're great storytellers great jokers um real dublin wit now uh, real dublin wit you know and just always telling jokes you always had to have a joke and uh, I, st- I still love jokes i still remember the jokes they told me but it was always that storytelling and if something happened that didn't go your way it was always telling it as a joke and yeah I think you ju- you just like Dublin is a real I know I'm in in, in uh, Westmead now I've been here for 20 years but Dublin is a real storytelling county 
And I think we grew up in the 80s where there was nothing. So I think we all just learned how to amuse ourselves. Okay. And that a primary school level was encouraged. And, oh. and because it was, it, it was Dublin, there was probably a little bit extra flexibility in the telling of the story and in creating the story. I, I think that's the stimulation of the imagination. It has to be channeled, perhaps, if it, by yourself. You're the one that takes it on, obviously. So, so then into secondary, then primary, uh, and Sister Veronica, and, and, and that was what opened up that long, lifelong desire to tell the story. Then into secondary, any encouragement in secondary, do, or was that continuing? Yeah, absolutely. Again, I, I came, I, I was educated by the nuns in primary. We moved to Swords when I was 10, 11, and that was kind of a vocational school. Uh, I had a little bit of a breakdown and then we were back to the nuns, back to the Loretto nuns in North Great Georgia Street. And, uh, oh, they were big into, uh, they were big into the arts. The, the nuns were huge champions of the arts. I know everybody has different experiences, but mine were hugely positive. And um, they always encouraged you to get involved in drama after school. They were always putting on plays. There was a play every year and... Yeah, I was really encouraged to go down that route. And what were you looking at outside the school environment? Was there, was there anything that you were, you were focusing on in terms of book reading or film work? Or what was, what was interesting you creatively there? When, when I was still in school? Yeah, in secondary. Yeah, yeah. well, well my, my, I, we li- I lived eight doors away from one, uh, a woman who's still my best friend. One of my two best friends, or I'll be killed if I don't say that. Um, and... She, her mother was a, a, an elocution teacher, speech and drama teacher. So we were forever putting on our own plays and writing our own plays. And we, like we just thought everybody did that. It's only when we grow up we realize people didn't. Okay. But we were forever, um, yeah, writing plays, putting them on, putting on ballets. <laughs> you know, every sort of a, anyone who'd come ballet, and watch us. Ballet. Yeah. A swords ballet. Come down, <laughs> tell me about that. Huh? So. Yeah, so you all got involved, and it went, and nothing was was beyond the imagination. No, well, we were very bored because <laughs> we <laughs> nobody had anything. Like, I I could say we were poor, but that wouldn't be fair. I think the whole country was poor. So like, whereas kids now and even my own kids, th- there's lots to entertain them. Uh, if we didn't entertain ourselves, we did nothing. Okay. So it was always in the entertaining yourself. Love it. Yeah. So, so wh- wh- where did that g- go? I mean, that was leaving. That was bringing you up to your leaving, sir. Yeah. yeah. And you were just you just mentioned there about English. And C is still an honour, by the way. Can I just categorise <laughs> <laughs> that while we're <laughs> while we're having that discussion? Um, so, so then, computer. Mary, I was was where you went. It was you actually you were going Day. To, or Matter yeah. Day. Sorry, I beg your pardon. And you were going to become a teacher. You imagine. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't free enough in thought for you so so you cha- you you changed then you, you decided yeah. half halfway through the course or did you see the course oh no i'd say i was three months into okay. it my, my problem was um that i believed rid- religion was a belief and at the time i'm sure it's changed since because that was early 90s but at the time religion was taught like a science okay and i just couldn't marry the two i couldn't i couldn't do it okay yeah that's an interesting one. So you did, you decided to go down the science road. Exactly. Happy with science and, and not happy with, with <laughs> <laughs> belief. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. So you suspended belief and you did your science uh, and, <laughs> and, and, and you just went for figures, really, I guess. And A plus B equals Absolutely. Q computer science. Yeah. It's either it's I mean, it's ones and zeros. It's either so on or it's off. The start of the computer science kind of boom, if you like. Oh, that, yeah. At this time, you must have been people must have said, well, you're going into computers or something. This was the 80s. Am I right? Or um, the so 90s? at this stage, we're in 91. I beg your pardon. 91, 91 okay. was when I started in Kevin Street. Still for quite yeah. early in computer. Very early. Yeah, development. Software development, programming, no coded uh, dojos or any of those sort no. of things going on, or, or, or coding dojos. So, so, so this is a, an exciting time, I suspect. So how, where does creativity come in here? You've taken a back seat with it, or are you still doing it? Uh, no, I had the best fun friends in college, and even now when I think about the crack we had, they were very creative people that we ended up with in college, and they just laughed from morning to night. They were just great fun, but. Um, one of the things that was noted, I wouldn't have been a great programmer, even though I worked in it for 12 years, but I wouldn't have been a great programmer, not like some of the people on the course. But one of the things that was commented on was my ability to to write technically. It, it came out it's like, you know, you should think about going into a job where, you know, this is where people were writing manuals mm-hmm. and maybe think about doing something like that because it was coming true that my writing was strong. So here's the writing starting to appear. Yeah. So... The first, in well, apart from the ditties and apart from the plays and the scripts and all that sort of stuff, yeah. Lorraine Murphy is being applauded for her writing in, in college yeah. at, at, at adult level. Yeah. So now we get a, a look at the possibility of this writing appearing. Yeah. So does this is this exciting you now? Are you thinking at this stage, oh, hold on a minute, this is a terrific opportunity no not, no. Nec- not no yet really? no no okay. I, I remember thinking they're just saying that because I'm really not good programming okay, okay. <laughs> I'm not a good programmer so they're trying to give me something all right all right <laughs> yeah. but I ended up working in in IT for I was there for the euro um changeover and I was there for the y2k changeover okay. so I was there through a lot of exciting things that happened and then I had my first daughter who's incidentally now studying computer science Really? So what's the chances of that? Really? Oh yeah, she's 21 and she's in college. That must give you yeah. fulfill you a little bit. It does. Now, her. again, she's she does Chinese with it and she prefers the Chinese part. So she's probably going to go down the more creative route as well, I'd say. Chinese and computer science. Yeah. She's studying in Singapore. In where, where is she? Studying in Singapore? Yeah, she studies in Maynooth, but oh she's doing her third year oh in, in Singapore. Yeah. <laughs> the world is her oyster. Yeah. yeah. So where, yeah, so... So you continue on your journey, and you, yeah. you have your your your, your technical writing. You're, you're doing what's that? Is it called? Yeah, it's te- technical writing. Technical but writing? I I I would have only done it as part of my job. I'm computer programming, and then I had my daughter, and I just found it really. And then I had my son. Okay. And I found it really difficult to to work to the level that was expected of me. Okay. Um, at this stage, you're talking people were working sixty-hour weeks. And I just couldn't do it with two sm- with two small children, so I I made a decision to quit altogether. Well, okay, you yeah. decide you, you decide to opt out. Here? Opt out completely. Wow. With yeah. Two small children. Yeah, because I just couldn't. I, I I wasn't doing a good job at home, and I wasn't doing a good job at work, and oh. I found it, I found it just very difficult to manage that. Okay. Yeah. B- brave move. That's uh, a seriously brave move. Well, it was more, I think it was more a case of I like to do a good job, so I'd rather do one good job than two bad jobs. Okay, yeah. fair enough. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. And and 
So, so then this then brings you into more contact with the, the children during the day, during the week. Um, and now you have, um, I thinking time on your hands if they're at school or something like that? Yeah, I, w- I actually took up tra- training adults again. So I'm back into the teaching side. Okay. I was working in Caloocan and I was teaching Have you moved down from adults. Dublin at this point? Oh yeah, you? we're here like, at this stage I'm here like And when, when did that happen? When, when we moved down here when in 2000 and in, t- in the year 2000 okay in no 2001 actually yeah okay yeah my husband's from Castle Pollard so oh fair enough yeah. okay <laughs> I, I'm sure the family in Dublin thought what in the name <laughs> of are you move are you living in Castle Pollard is that, is that where you dwell no we're in Mullingar oh you're in Mullingar yeah. okay yeah okay so this Cal- Castle Pollard man takes you out of the city <laughs> and 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 away from your family your your extended family in, in Dublin um, so what's it like then coming to County Westmeath then and uh, well it was kind of difficult because I had to I had I came when my daughter was only a baby so all my friends and all would have still been working and my m- my mom was still working and I, it was kind of difficult to have to say at first but my husband's family were amazing they were really brilliant okay but I didn't have my own friends at, at that point. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's, and that's hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then do you get involved, are you thinking about getting involved creatively now at this po- point, or uh, are there ideas, are there things beginning to bubble, no, bubble no. under the surface? Not then? Not yet. Okay. No. I think um, then my, th- I think the biggest catalyst w- of all was my third daughter, Anna, was born in 2009, and she was when she was like 15 months old we found out she was deaf okay and uh, to make a long story longer um she got a cochlear implant but we found out that she should have ideally had two but it was a public service and the money wasn't there so um i got together with some people who i'd met in the exact same circumstance and we met online and we campaigned for two implants and i would have done a lot of the pr work for that um, and th- I loved that. I loved the PR work. I loved doing this kind of thing. Mm. I loved doing the radio. I mm. loved writing the articles. I, I just loved that. And I loved the connections you made and the relationships you built. And I just that just set me on fire. So I'd say that was probably the catalyst where I said, I love this. I love doing this. Yeah. You love the world. Yeah. of it you love I did yeah yeah uh, and and that obviously has to do with the fact that you're preparing your pieces yeah writing uh you're able to express yourself creatively creatively uh you're able to deliver your story your Dublin or, uh, origins <laughs> uh and your storytelling origins um and it's beginning to open doors yeah and I felt like I, I really felt a connection with it I I, I felt alive when okay. I was doing it, I just loved it. It was kind of like being back on the on the stage as a little kid again. Back with you Sister know. Veronica. Yeah, Get yeah, away. it was. Yeah, yeah. Get it was away. that kind of, you know, when you just feel lit up. Yes. Yeah. Of course I do. I, I understand yeah. exactly what you're saying. Uh, um, and it's not to do with the applause. No. It's to do with the doing. Exactly. It wouldn't eggs on the button. On the button. Pe- some few times people say things like. Oh, you just you love the sound of your own voice, or yeah, you, you know. Oh, you're always in this and that, and it's always like you're missing the point. The point is in the doing. Exactly. Y- yeah, you don't you you don't 
try to explain that one because it, it, it either happened. Somebody said to me once once upon a time, when did you decide to, to, to pick up the guitar and become a musician? And I went, decide. <laughs> there was no... <laughs> There was no such thing as a decision. It just was. It was as natural as breathing. And uh, and that's the interesting thing about creative people. It's kind of like a, they're they're in this space where it's the creative doing that drives them. Absolutely. It's the creative doing, 100%. Yeah. So when did you decide to start doing, telling the stories for, for and putting them down? <laughs> well, I joined uh, a, a writing group here in town called Inklings. And we meet every Tuesday in the Ambrook Hotel. And I joined that. I was one of the founding members. It's ran by a man called Brian McLaughlin. And he had set it up with Sinead O'Loughlin. Okay. And Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> the Mac and an O. Yeah. yeah. And there, wa- there was, I think, 10 of us there on the first day. And there's still about 11 people. But they, people come and go. But there's about five founding members now. And we meet every Tuesday as a writing group. And it's just brilliant okay. because you're around people who are doing it and there's nothing as powerful as people who are doing it. So um, d- one of the men was talking about writing Is that not book. daunting? The affir- like you're not looking for affirmation. Yeah. You're looking for help and, and guidance. Yeah. So uh, is it daunting to, to, to bring, you th- bring your work? Do, do you share your work? Do we you do, do, yeah. Okay. Um, ap- actually not because uh, I don't know if you've found it, but... I find when you're with people who are in that space, it's the least judgmental place you can be. So when you're with people who are doing it too, they're they're the most helpful and non-judgmental people you can be with because they understand what it's like because they're doing it themselves. Mm. So it's probably the complete opposite of that. This is probably where you're most likely going to share your work. Okay. Yeah. So you're meeting on a Tuesday at this point? Meet on a Tuesday morning. And then one of the men... Um, was in Toastmasters okay. and I went to support him and I ended up enjoying Toastmasters here in Mullingar and uh, this year I'm president. No way. Yeah. <laughs> is, my, is my good friend Polly McCabe still, oh, still within Toastmasters? She, yeah. She's, she's a legend. We used to cover Toastmasters work here when we were doing the morning programme from here and I would cover Toastmasters work and we made great friends and, and, and they were great supporters of ours here in, in, in local radio and vice versa and we, we, we used to, yeah, we always looking out for them and uh, yeah toast, so now you're president of Toastmasters <laughs> yeah, I know. you're a busy lady <laughs> where do you find time, uh, Lorraine Murphy to put your pen to paper or do you pen to paper oh or I do you oh wor- Word process. What do you do? <laughs> All right. Um, I, I, I type. I type. Do you type? Yeah, yeah I okay. do. I type. Yeah. yeah, no, I've just put my second book is just in the copy editing phase. I sent back What the was the first edits. one? Sorry, take me back to the yeah, first one. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> was, was so this first one, when does it appear? What, what, what so, yeah, um, I decided about three, three years ago, during just before lockdown, that I was going to write a book and I was going to get a publisher. Okay. And that was it. That was happening. Like bulb moment? I'm going to... Dis- yeah, just, you know, put my mind to it. And okay. I was going to make sure that it happened. So I wrote a book called Hangry, um, which was about a murder in a slimming club. <laughs> and uh, when it was Hang- finished... Hangry? <laughs> yeah. What a lovely title. <laughs> Uh, the slimming the that's the a Dublin title if ever there was one. <laughs> the slimming uh, coach is found hanging by this the, the cord of her own Wayne scales. Oh, okay, okay, okay. 
<laughs> the banshees of Inish Aaron yeah. or Aaron have nothing on this concept. <laughs> One day it'll be an, on Netflix or something. But um, I enjoyed writing that. It was very would light-hearted. You like, uh, would you like something to appear on Netflix? Is that something oh, you'd absolutely. like? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I think I always write with the idea of it, of it making TV. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, v- 100%. Uh, I think... I think that's a, a, a different conversation, but I think Netflix and, and streaming channels, the way they tell a story over eight episodes, mm. is just fabulous. And you can't paste, you can't space those episodes. You have to watch them all at <laughs> once. Yeah, and it's exactly <laughs> like when you pick up a good book I and you can't that. put it down. You I know, it's it, the yeah. same. Like, you just can't. That's interesting. So, Hangry, yeah. hangry is your first. Yes. Uh, was that difficult? That process to get it to to the shelf. Th- that didn't that didn't make so the shelf. That so was an ebook. That was an ebook. That was nothing. So was I oh, nothing. when I finished it, I I start looking for a publisher because I'd made up my mind I was getting one, and I I applied. I put it in for a competition I saw online through the um, the writing center, and um, it didn't come anywhere. But on that on that website, they said we're running a writers' room a competition to take part in a writers' room. And I I put in the book for the co- that competition and I got a place on the writer's room. Now, I don't know how many people applied for that competition, but all I know is I was there. <laughs> and Brian Lynch, who is um, the director of Incubator Books, who's my who um, who I publish with, um, he he was there. He was running the workshop and I just f- found it fascinating. So I just sent him an email afterwards and he got back to me and we ended up working on Into the Woods together and that's how that came out. Yeah. Oh. So I signed the contract so when it was just a pitch. So a stroke of good fortune. Yeah. A stroke of good fortune. Just, I, I just had decided I was going to show up for everything that year. Any little chance of possibility, I was going to bring my A game and I was just going to keep showing up until this happened. Because everybody kept telling us, telling me, oh, you'll never get a publishing contract. They're so difficult. You know what your chances are. But... I had a little girl at home who was deaf and she was hearing. So, you know, when when you have something like that... When, when you've you done something. Yes, like when you've seen the impossible happen. Mm. When people say things like, it'll never happen, you just think... <laughs> what, age your, what age is your daughter now? At the, um, she's 13 now. Okay, so yeah. how's she doing? How, how's Great. She doing? Great. Oh. She's in Loretto hearing. Happy out, yeah. Life changed? Life completely. changed completely. For ye and for she. She, com- she more... Yeah, well... It's biblical, like it's biblical. Biblical is a great way yeah. to describe that, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's in the Bible, you know, mm-hmm. let the deaf hear and the blind speak, so. Okay. You know, it's that level of wow. I so when you. someone says you can't get a publisher, you know, you have to put it in context. I'll get a publisher. <laughs> I'm getting a publisher. <laughs> so here you are, Into the Woods, on the shelves. Yes, Into the Woods was number one Amazon best-selling new release last September. What did that feel like? Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Can't imagine. Oh, it was incredible feeling. Yeah, amazing. A, a dream come true, really. Okay. And then the audiobook, I sold the audiobook rights then in September and the audiobook came out there a couple of months ago and now th- people are saying the words that were once in my head that's in their a, that's voices. That's an interesting feeling, yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It, it's the only way I can. T- I can't listen to it. Can you? No. It's weird. It's very strange. It's very strange. But uh, it's great. But I can't listen to it myself. But then I don't read my own stuff back. 
once it's published I don't read it you move on I do next story exactly what is it no don't tell I will yeah it's coming out um, at the end of May I think it's in copy edit and it's called be careful what you wish for oh lovely Tell me about this. <laughs> well, you don't have to give me the plot or anything, but give me. <laughs> it's, it's about unexpected DNA results. It's set in Ireland. Uh, there's two locations. One is in the west in Mayo, and the other location is around Malahide. It's in a fictional place called Kushla, and it's, it would be very similar to Malahide, let's just say. And it's two sisters who find them find each other later in life. And um, one sister always wanted another sister, and they find each other. And then, of course, it's a psychological thriller, so everything goes wrong. Okay. Before it comes right again. Kushla. What a lovely, Kushla. What a lovely name yeah. for a place, isn't it? Well, I was l- I was thinking about what would be a nice fictional place, and Kushla is like my dear, you know, my sweetheart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My Kushla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and I thought that'd be nice actually and so I, I thought like you know when you take an, an English name and it's Irish or Irish to English and I was like Cush on Lay and then that kind of meant fitted in by would have been a seaside town so it all just came together Cush on Lay yeah very nice yeah. I like that <laughs> it's, a, it's a Christian name isn't it it's somebody's it's a, a, I know people call Cushla really yeah yeah yeah. okay yeah. I just knew it from the song yeah, Mukushla. Yeah. yeah, what is it? Yeah. Molly. Oh, Molly, that's <laughs> right. That's the song. Girl, anyway. <laughs> My sweet Mukushla dear. That's it, yeah. yeah. So that's do you I like that song? Is it I do. I I it's it's a real um, kind of fairy tale one, isn't mm, it? A real is, nursery yeah. rhyme. Yeah, yeah, there's a tale to it. Tell yeah. me about the tale. Tales are, are uh, that's interesting, and what you just mentioned there with psychological thriller. Tell me about the story. Does it germinate? Th- are you are you germinating the idea, or will it ping at you, or or is it something? I, I mean, be careful what you wish for. Is a lovely phrase. We hear it every day. It's a daily phrase, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so how does that ha- with you? How does that happen? Are, are you constantly? Pinging, watching, and you constantly go, oh, that's a, that should be a good idea, or I'll file that. Or what y- way does it work? Yeah, my phone, I have a, a notebook and I have a phone, and they're both just packed with, I catch I, I catch ideas and I, I just keep a, a note of them. Okay. And at some point I'll go back to them. So I take part in this thing on Twitter every day. It's called VSS365, very short story, every day. And you have a tweet, which is, I think, 280 characters to write a story. And... Sometimes my ideas will come from a little story that I write there. Like every day I wake up and I do that. So that's great training, I think, and great discipline, I suppose. But yeah, it, it, they just come out of the blue, anytime, any place. I always have my phone with me. And as I say, it's absolutely packed with just half ideas and half notes that I'll pull out at some point. So I already have a very strong idea of what my next book will be. Okay. Yeah. After... Yeah. Careful what you wish for. Yeah. Okay, so you're working that far in advance. Yeah, and wow. I, I kind of have an idea of the one after that as well. And are, <laughs> and, and are you sticking? Uh, you mentioned a psychological thriller. Will yeah. you stick on 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 the psychological thriller path? Is that is that what really switches yeah. you on? And that's what where you where you you're going to concentrate on? Yeah. Yeah, like I do like light-hearted stuff as well. Like I do like the Ashling series and. Uh, stuff like that I do enjoy the lighter side of things too especially if things are kind of heavy in what I'm writing I do like a, a light read but there's n- it's such a thrill to write psychological thrillers such a thrill and 
when you were young, mm-hmm. did you like psychological thrillers or was it something that you came to or, or, or you evolved into? Was there, were you surrounded by any psychological thrillers and, uh, on the shelves or anything like that? Uh, huge fan of S- Stephen King. Massive Stephen King fan when I was a teenager. Okay. So I'd go babysitting and the people who you were babysitting for might not be home until the early hours of the morning. But the, fi- the telly finished at 11 when we had both channels. <laughs> so you were there for three or four hours with nothing to do. So that's where books really filled that. Stephen King would be interesting to read in ba- when you're a babysitter in somebody else's house because he can be quite unsettling, Stephen King, can't he? He's brilliant, yeah. I, I, but that's brilliant. That's what you want. Yeah, like. okay. <laughs> you're okay. a teenager. You're yeah. out for trails. Like. Can, yeah, can we, uh, yeah that's, that, that leads me to uh, an, another part of this creative journey. What do you? What's your asp- What do you aspire to your, yourself? What does Lorraine Murphy want? What would you like to achieve in the world? Of I have writing? this vision, and I've had it for about eight years. And I thought it was to do with something else, but it wasn't. And I have this. I can see it so clearly. I can see the room, and I'm an around a round table, and it's a very formal thing. And I'm getting an award, but it's a big award. And <laughs> it's uh, Grania Shoga has given it to me. Is she? <laughs> she is. And I'm going Grania. around the tables and people are clapping. So I'm thinking possibly I might get something r- as regards screenplay or okay. something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking there's something there. But I can I can actually see it like it happened yesterday. I know that makes me sound nuts. But, <laughs> but I, I would love to see my work done for TV. That's like the big the big thing. TV. What, what on TV do you, wha- what do you think? Wha- is there anything there that you would like, that you think to yourself, I would love to have done that, or that's the one that I would want to have? Oh, yeah. Is uh, it wha- wha- what, what sort of... I was we were watching one um, with Sheridan Smith in it. Called. She's a talent, isn't she? Oh, she's amazing. Yeah, she's going and fine. yeah, she's brilliant. And she was uh, playing a teacher, and I just loved it. And I thought, yeah, something like that. I'd love to write okay. something like that. But I'd love to see one of my books turned into, it, especially the wo- into the woods. I think is very it lends itself hugely to TV. So s- I'd l- I'd love to see my work hit the big screen. Okay, uh, how did? Given what we've spoken about already, and and the challenges that challenges you faced within your family ab- with your daughter, etc., etc., um, and all that 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 entailed, how would you go about doing that? Is there is there a do you know of a path or, um, for example, if somebody is listening to us now and listening to this mm-hmm. uh, episode, what 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 would you say to them or how? Do you just trust in yourself or d- do you, like th- what you just told me a second ago there, sorry to be going on with the question, but what you told me a second ago there about the visualisation of something. Mm-hmm. And visualisation is a very, very powerful uh, method mm-hmm. in realisation. Mm-hmm. If you can see it, if you picture it, it could happen yeah. or may happen. S- so how, how will you go about doing that, getting that to that? I think I just keep looking for opportunities. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm always on the lookout for opportunities. I saw there was one last week, but I already, I was already had something on, where um, uh, a studio in Dublin were were running uh, a workshop for, um, where you could go in and pitch your ideas for, for um, a TV show. 
So I have this idea, and if anybody copies me, that's fine, because I think it's a cool idea, and I'd love to see it done, where we have, like, Tales of the Unexpected, Alfred Hitchcock Presents. I'd love to see RTV do something like that, because we have fantastic actors, we have fantastic writers, and I think and we fantastic could... fantastic stories. And fantastic stories, and I think that's the sort of thing that we could export all over the world, because mm. no one's doing it. Brilliantly. Anything... Um, Hitchcock, Roald Dahl, I mean, yeah. you name it, Stephen, Stephen King. You've just mentioned some very powerful names uh, there. Um, and uh, Ireland has an abundance of, mm -hmm. of those stories. Um, I mean, if you look at Kim at the moment, mm, yeah. that's world class. It is, yeah. I mean, uh, we were just sitting down watching it last night and going, this is world class. Yeah. You know, this is... Po powerful stuff. Powerful stuff, but yeah. it's slick. It's so yeah. well produced. The actors are... Incredible! You believe them. You're scared of them. Did you see the Banshees of Inisherin? I started watching the Banshees okay. of Inisherin, okay. and I didn't. Yeah, yeah okay. Through. I'll I'll, t I'll chat to you again another <laughs> time about that. Yeah, I I will I will come back to you on it. We'll have a conversation about it. I did see um Uncalling It divided Kuhn. people. Yeah, yeah. What did you think of Uncalling Kuhn? I Kuhn? adored yeah. Uncalling yeah. Kuhn. Uh, okay. We went. I went up to the Irish Film Institute, and the the writer and the director were there, and also for. An Irish goodbye. The, the the writer and the director were there as well, and they did a Q and A, and anyone could go. It was like twelve euro, but we went up for the day, and it was fascinating. They were so humble, so humble. Uh, their their ideas are just like fireflies. They're just mm. you know so rich, and every word they say is is inspiring, really. But they're so humble, and both films were absolutely beautiful. So I was. I was rooting for both of them at the okay. Oscars. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't see Uncanny Coon, but I, I did see The Banshees, and it divided people. I think people turned around and said, comedy? Wh where, <laughs> where, where, where did that come from? Yeah. Uh, who, well, des who decided that for it? It actually um, had echoes of a movie I saw years ago with... Pat Shorten, it called Garage. Have oh you yeah, seen it's that? good. And yeah, yeah and I thought uh, about 20, 25 minutes into it, okay, I, I get a vibe of where this is going and I yeah. wasn't really feeling yeah. into that that day. So yeah. I'll, I'll go back to Interesting it. Interesting that Pat was in what you've yeah. spoken about there in yeah. that in, in so far as that feel. Um, so, so TV, mm -hmm. writing for TV mm. and, and creating uh, something that people can watch. Yeah. I'd love to You're do that. You're going to be busy. Uh, you're going to be... Uh, uh, you've already the book after next done. <laughs> yeah. In your, mi well, in your in mind. In my mind, yeah. yeah. in your mind. Yeah. Um, and, and TV work. I, I think that that's lovely. I wouldn't even mind if I was writing the books and someone was writing the screenplays. Okay. I'd just love to see my work on TV. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what what sp screenplays... Is that synopsizing a book? Is, is are, are you just taking a book and condensing it to to? Uh, have you studied it? Have you have you looked into it? Or I I haven't. If you, I mean, that is something that you could study, and you could study it at night time. It's 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 a whole different discipline, I suppose. You're talking about setting the stage. You're talking about where people are. You're putting in each person as they say it. So you're telling the story through the people. Hmm. So it's it's a whole different yeah a whole different discipline a whole different talent, um it would take you a while to learn it. Hmm. So if somebody's listening to us now, and your journey, uh, with creativity and what it means to you and 
how you discovered it. How, how, if they were asking for advice from you, if you were to give some nugget of advice or encouragement or words of encouragement, or what, where would you start with that if somebody asked you? I, I, I just feel it feels mad that I'm the person giving the advice. But I'd say it's not a different breed of people who are doing these things. It's just everyday normal people. And the imposter syndrome can be massive and it can stop you. And you can think, oh, of course they can do it because they know this and this and this. It's not the case. It's probably never been easier to just start. And starting and doing is half the job. I mean, I remember Maeve Binchy said, people said to Maeve Binchy all the time, I could write like as good as you. And she used to say, yeah, but you don't. And I'd say with creativity, just whatever floats your boat, get on and do it and should they start with a notebook should they start with would you advise them to start with the taking notes in their phones what what way what, what, what is there anything they could do or an exercise they could do to, to get started well uh, joining a club is is a huge help because you're surrounded by people who are doing it so you just kind of slit in slip in and suddenly you're doing it too so i'd say joining a joining a writer's group or joining some sort of a group or whatever your creativity is, join a group where people are. That's that's huge help. There's so much online, um, even if you get on. So I love Twitter. So I go on and I write my story every day on Twitter. And I and then we comment on each other's stories. So this goes on. I, I hosted in, in it. In a Twitter group, like a WhatsApp no, group or something? No, it's, or it's just it's generally put it open. out there. It's, it's the world. So somebody sets the, the prompt every day. And people around the world write. So I, I was in charge of setting the prompts on the first two weeks of January. And you're talking like your your prompt will trend because there's so many thousands of people doing this one exercise all over the world. And it's amazing. So you, you can't r ever read them all, but you can read some of them. And it's it's just a really nice thing, part thing to be part of. And again, everybody's just so nice in that space. There's no backbiting. There's no, you know, it's just everybody's encouraging everybody. So what a lovely it's thing really to look nice. forward to. Yeah. Give us that again. What, what, where did so you say it's that the like hashtag. It's on Twitter. It's hashtag VSS. It stands for a very short story, 365 for the number of days in the year. Yes. Hashtag VSS365. Yeah, and that's nice. So I'd say maybe get into a discipline of writing. Uh, like writing is my job really now, although it's it's a bit bitty at the moment because I'm in editing. So at the moment I have spare time, but normally I use it the time where the kids are in school to write. Okay. So that's my discipline. Creating your space, making yeah. a space for yourself to, yeah. to get on hashtag VSS365. Yeah, and get on with whatever I'm writing, whether okay. it's the book or a short story or whatever it is. Okay. But also I'd say, uh, just go for it. I, I, I write on my laptop because it suits me. Some of the people in the in our writing group write on paper and Long pen. Hand, yeah. Whatever works for you. Some people record their stuff. Yeah. doesn't matter. Whatever works for you, do it. But just start. Just start. And don't worry about your spellings. I mean, uh, there's this thing going on that people feel like it's okay to correct people's spellings and you know make a joke them and all what does it mean that they had a better opportunity than you it means nothing it doesn't like some of the best storytellers that i know and probably you know are people who maybe had to leave school when they were 11 or 12 so it does not reflect your storytelling your grammar and your diction and your spelling they're just it doesn't define how good a storyteller you are in fact some of the people i know who have the best grammar and the best spelling are the most boring people i've ever met in my really? life yeah it doesn't they're not linked okay. it's not linked 
I, I don't feel it's linked. I think some like the, the, the great verbal storytellers, you know, orators. That has nothing got to do with how well they can spell or cross their T's or yeah. dot their I's. So don't let that stop you. And to discover that place of storytelling, that inner voice, if you like, that reason that you, and we spoke about this earlier, the doing of it. Is there a way that you could encourage somebody, for example, who might not, who might be a little bit shy about it, or might be a little bit nervous about it, or might be a little bit doubtful about it, might not be able to handle criticism? Is there a way you, is there exercises you do, or do you just go at that? I'm doing it. What, what, <laughs> what, what, what way would be best to approach that? for somebody who's yeah, listening to us who, who doesn't have the courage maybe? It's a good question. I think you don't ever have to show your stuff to anybody. You just don't. You can, you can do stuff yourself or you can show it to some trusted people or you can show the world. It doesn't matter. But I think as we were talking about earlier, it's the doing. It's always in the doing that you're going to get the benefit from. So even if you're writing it down in, in a locked diary, I think you're going to get the benefit from it. So just do it. Okay. Yeah. And see where it brings you. Yeah, and, and let your your courage grow because I think cu courage comes from doing. You know, you say, well, I did it last week and nobody died, so maybe I'll do it this <laughs> week I too. So. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that sounds really lo lovely in Dublin. I did it last week and nobody died. <laughs> uh, that brings vi um, beautiful memories of... Uh, <laughs> the can-do attitude that exists uh, in, oh in yeah. our cities. Um, Lorraine, thank you for bringing us on that journey. It's an interesting journey you're on and for allowing us to be passengers in it for today and, and uh, giving us a glimpse of what it must be like to be a best-selling writer on <laughs> in, in, in Amazon, as, <laughs> y as you said. And... Um, to also, which you didn't mention, but I have to mention uh, today, you didn't mention um, your two, you did mention that you'd like to be walking around getting it presented something by Grania Shuri. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, so that will happen. Okay, I just that don't will know happen. when. That's good, that's good, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Um, um, tell me about your award from uh, Flash Fiction or within Flash Fiction. Yeah, so... I, I love to write flash fiction. Flash fiction. What exactly is flash it's, fiction? It's something that's, it's any length. There's any amount of genres within it, but basically it's anything under a thousand words. So it's about, I think it works out about two and a half fulls cap pages if okay. you're going to write longhand. And it's a whole story in, in that space. So I, I absolutely love that. And I entered a competition there two years ago. So I went to a, a webinar with Liz Nugent and Joe Spain during the pandemic it was online and they said enter the competitions if you think you have something good enter the competitions because publishers get so many things now that they couldn't possibly look at them all but in the competition they have to look at your stuff now i can't remember exactly who said that bit but it stuck with me and i thought that's a really good idea so at the weekend i'd kind of treat myself to one or two competitions because they're always around a fiver to enter and one of the ones that came through was um, it's called Fiction Factory. It's an mm -hmm. English competition, but they had it on writing.ie, which is a great resource for anybody who's starting writing. There's courses and there's 
lots and lots of information. So writing.ie is a brilliant resource. And I, I entered it with a story and I won last year. And then I entered this year and I won this year. <laughs> so I've the two two years in a row. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and any idea of, I mean, there's surely hundreds of thousands of entries. Yeah, I don't know exactly how many, but I mean, it's a nice chunk of change, the prize. So there'd have to be a good few people in it. Yeah. You win, you win a, a money prize. Yeah. Yeah. And you've won it two years running. Two years running. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I do. And does anything it. come from that? Like, do, do publishers r- get in contact with you and say, I really like that idea, or uh, really like that short story? Can we include it in a short story? Well, yeah, uh, there's always the. Once your stuff is out there, okay. there's always that chance that something. Like, once it's out in the universe, it's no longer a secret. So, there's always a chance that somebody will come upon it or, you know, say, I, I enjoyed this whatever sometimes it's just even the emails that somebody will say that that story really hit me at the right time you know that's mm. that's a lovely thing but this uh, the one that won this year is called um lady and child and it's a it's a a chapter from my book that i was telling you about earlier hangry that i just adapted and it's based on the painting in the national art gallery by stephen slaughter i think it is and i went up and had a look at it as well at the painting and so it's a, it's about a woman who goes to the art gallery and her story is reflected in this painting. Yeah. Okay. I think I know that painting. Is she looking is she looking through a window? Is she not looking through yeah, a window at it? No, it's it? a very dour looking woman and she has a child on her lap. Okay, it's a different one I think about. Yeah. It's just up the main it's in the main room and it's just up the stairs so writing.ie would be a good place for somebody to start Super and place. then start looking at competitions like uh, fiction factories yeah mm. and there's many online journals now as well uh, which are which are so helpful like um one one of the, the places that first published my book was uh, called raw fanion which means lazy kings and i funnily enough i i sent my stuff in because i thought it was an roi was republic of ireland <laughs> but they're actually in america <laughs> so they've published lots of my stuff now and there's huge opportunity out there you just look look and you'll find any amount of opportunity there's um paragraph planet print a seven or publish a 75 word um story every day you've got fiction flash or let me think what's it called paragraph planet yeah yeah flash fiction friday um and every friday they 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 publish and they have a competition at the moment where you can enter for free and you get a 50 euro cash prize so there's all these people in the space running these are all volunteers doing things for just for the love of it it's lovely i love i love the fact that you shared that those with us and i love the fact that you're not precious about it i love the fact that you 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 it belongs to us all and i love that's a really really unselfish way to be and and lovely well thank you well I, I i'm only ever ever in competition with myself like ever there it doesn't if if you're on your game and you're doing good you should be able to take on anybody <laughs> love it but it, it's it's never by holding by what's the word i'm looking for um gatekeeping n- nobody benefits there's enough there's so much space out there there's enough for everyone love it it's I, I've, I've enjoyed our journey 
Uh, I've enjoyed the conversation and, and uh, you've shared some lovely insights oh, thank with you. us. Thanks um, for having me. Uh, pleasure. Um, we'll be looking out <laughs> for be careful <laughs> what you wish for next. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and we'll be looking out for yeah that screenplay or maybe. Yeah, no maybe. A future, no maybe. <laughs> well, I I mightn't write it, but somebody will write it, and something will happen. I just know that. Okay. Yeah. And Gronya Joy could be on hand to well, look after. She has to <laughs> give me my award, <laughs> so she has to be there. I <laughs> Sometimes love that. I know how bonkers I sound, but uh, no, no, like that's. <laughs> You got to have a dream. If yeah, you don't have a dream, absolutely. how are you going to have a dream? Well, you know, true? a funny thing was when we were in the ca- the campaign, I had this vision where I'd get the phone call to say that we won, we overturned government policy, and one day like this, my elbow would be playing on the radio, and I'd be in my front room, and the phone call came through, and it was to say we won, and somebody texted me and said, turn on the radio, and there was elbow one day like this. So, it can happen. Serendipity. And the magic of the world in which we live. Or else my madness, one or the other. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Doesn't matter. Call it what you like. (laughs) Lorraine Murphy, our thanks. And we'll see you soon. Thank you so much. You can find out more about Lorraine on lorraineamurphy.com. The In Conversation series is brought to you by Westmeath County Libraries.